Welcome, everyone, to the Punisher podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Are you going to ask me in? The Punisher podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 212, Collision Course, is sponsored by Flowers for All Occasions, Dutch Irises, Count D's, Mr. Blue, I count five of them. I count this episode and the season finale left. Nay, Pete, fear as we record this that uh, there's only these couple of podcasts left. What with the wide expectation, despite a, uh, a, a an admirable, if not perfect, season two of The Punisher, that it will nonetheless be canceled by Netflix, then potentially, question mark, entering the gray danger zone of the fallow field as contracts require and does it come back on disney plus in nigh many a year or whatnot but pete time will tell with that as with all things take us to the recap mahoney is driving frank castle to the 15th precinct frank is ready for some sleep and mahoney doesn't care whatever deals frank has made he's going to arrest madani today a police car pulls up alongside it's pilgrim with a machine gun the ambulance gets run off the road, falling down an overpass. Pilgrim gets sideswiped by Madani in a trailing car. She looks away for a moment, but Pilgrim is gone. He's done a switcheroo and taken her car. The credits show the episode is written by Dario Scarpanane and directed by Stephen Kay. The ambulance is totaled, but Frank is alive. Mahoney is barely conscious as the Punisher uncuffs himself. Frank stumbles out and relocates his shoulder. He could run, but the ambulance is on fire and dripping gas. He saves Sergeant Mahoney just before the spectacular explosion. Frank is ready to walk, but Mahoney pulls his gun. Frank walks away, anyway. Elsewhere, Pilgrim pulls to the side of the road and tends to his injuries. Luckily, he finds Madani has a trove of information in her car's GPS. Next stop, Amy's trailer. Pilgrim enters, seeing Curtis on one side and the shotgun on the other. Pilgrim has Curtis sit tight, as Pilgrim has no quarrel with Curtis. Yet. Pilgrim talks about being denied like Peter, about seeing Curtis without hate. Amy arrives, and a fight breaks out. Amy runs while Curtis and Pilgrim demolish the place. Pilgrim wins and exits, bleeding. He drives to a parking garage, not knowing that Amy is in the trunk. In his hotel room, he's pulling Buckshot out of his leg while Amy steps outside the door, a new shotgun in hand. Frank is at an old-fashioned payphone, looking for an address while playing the role of Officer O'Rourke, the would-be assassin in whose clothes Frank is now walking. He visits Senator David Schultz, bloodying the senator's nose to help find Pilgrim. He makes his way to Amy's trailer. Curtis is alive. Frank calls Amy, finding her abandoned phone outside the trailer. Senator Schultz is brought in, denying knowledge of anything nefarious. Frank brings in the pictures. Frank promises resolution and death. Still, David denies everything but the pictures. Frank retells the story, pinning the center of the storm on the Schultz parents. Frank's ready to call Mommy and Daddy. At Dumont's apartment, the bad doctor sees on TV that Frank has escaped. Billy knows, too, though she was trying not to tell him. Billy says he's leaving to get their paperwork because he's totally done with Frank. At the crash site, Mahoney will be okay and tells Madani how morally Frank acted. 
Dumont calls Madani, trolling for information. Madani starts to wise up, but keeps things cool with Dumont. Billy finds the leftovers of his crew at a new hidey location. The men want payback. However, Billy wants the killing to end. He hands out passports. New names, new lives. Billy's off to have his new life with Dumont. While he's out, Madani visits Dumont. The packed bags are noted, though Madani spends part of the scene with her back to Dumont. Madani has investigated Dumont, but also lets her step into the bathroom. Madani finds Billy's journal and pulls her gun. Dumont attacks her, the fight climaxing with Madani's face sliced and Dumont thrown out of the window. Billy, heading back, buys blue irises. Dumont, dying, sees Billy and her father. He looks up, seeing Madani in the window to end the episode. With that, Pete, let's talk villains. And do I spy with my little eye that we are actually not starting with Billy? We're not. In fact, was, we'll talk in a little bit. New Leaf, perhaps, Matt? But I'd like to begin with character I refer to, me and my friend Curtis Hoyle, as Pilgrim, the preacher-looking guy. There's no doubt that he, uh, though not in, let's say, the majority of the episode, that he certainly is the villain for it. And we really see his metal tested here, uh, particularly his almost Terminator-like dedication to, uh, you know, whether it's at the beginning of the episode when he pulls up alongside in the the police car, whether it's stealing Madani's personal car, using some uh, some of her tech to track down Amy. I mean, we see a guy who is perhaps more dangerous and more villainous than uh, his prior version, if you will, that when he was still hanging on to to uh, his wife and her life and things like that. The hole in his side, the buckshot he's removing from his leg. Uh, I love the Terminator analogy, Matt. Perhaps there's a deleted scene where somebody knocks on a door and he, he says something from a list of things that show up inside his eye that could only run on Netflix. Probable responses, yes, no, or come back later. Pete, let's now circle back to Billy. Uh, A villain to be sure, but not a villain in this episode. Nary a sin, I dare say. Uh, Maybe the after effect of some, but uh, no, no ill done. Listen, this is a guy who is on board with what Dumont has planned for them. The, the love of a woman, Matt, has uh, made him go out and get, you know, new IDs for his uh, his veteran crew of uh, murderers. He's picking up flowers and he arrives oh, just too late to find her dead on the concrete there, Matt, a, a second, um, you know, uh, spell out a window too much for Dr. Dumont. I think that within the vacuum of this episode, we can feel sympathetic for him. Heck, Pete, who hasn't decided to turn over a new leaf? You know, I'm going to start to eat a little bit more healthy. I'm going to, I'm going to watch a little less Netflix, courtesy of uh, Netflix making less Netflix Marvel. I'm going to, I'm going to open that book up more. And Pete, who among us has not said, you know what, my weird, uh, angry, uh, disaffected man rage group, I'm going to decide it's time to disband it because I got everything I wanted. So the rest of you chuckleheads, friend you, amigos. (laughs) You could 
envision a scenario, Matt, where the the people watching this who might have a worldview that's similar to Billy's might think for a moment, wow, you know, there is another way. And then they see their girlfriend killed and they determine to keep on living the way they're living. Well, I think that's the nugget of truth that we see here with Billy. That is, he might decide that it's time to stop uh, implementing his view on the world, but that doesn't mean that the world isn't going to be pushing back. That doesn't mean that there aren't going to be long-lasting effects now that he's decided to you know, get a house with a white picket fence and settle down. Uh, there still are still are the sins to be, to be answered for. And uh, we certainly see that with Dumont, who has been on this downward spiral clearly for a number of episodes. I think you could argue that she, she knew she was playing with fire from before the season started. Uh, but here, of course, paying the ultimate price. Yeah. And I think you really have to credit, uh, the actress here who plays, uh, Dr. Dumont, Floriana Lima, Matt, um, you know, sad to see her go here. But uh, you consider what she did with the role, you know, first the, um, you know, doctor to kind of put Billy back together. I love how Madani jabs her about the the broken birds and, uh, you know, then to be complicit with all the the evil that he's wrought and. You know, that Madani tosses her out the window, perhaps the most just dessert here, uh, and that Billy gets to see it. Well, I think that is the that's the crux of it, of course. Not only does she die this sadly poetic death, uh, dying as she once might have in the first uh, the first terrible tumble out the window, but to land at Billy's feet. You know, I mean, more sad poetry there, obviously setting up the final showdown. Now, Billy has lost a family member. We, of course, get the triangle-shaped uh, uh, conflict as opposed to a, a romance, but a triangle-shaped conflict in that Billy is going to go after Madani. Madani wants to help Frank. Frank wants to get Billy. So some clear setup here for the final episode. And I think, too, we can't overplay what, Dumont meant to Billy compared to the loss of Frank's family at the hands of Billy. Um, you know, there, there is no comparison. Pete, your point is excellent. Not that it's about, you know, stacking the body count here, but, uh, no question on an emotional level. Uh, Frank has certainly lost more with that. Let's flip it to some theories, Pete, not, much to theorize about and that there's one episode left but to check the conflict tally board we still have frank versus billy we still have madani versus billy we have madani versus mahoney and then we have in the background uh the schultzes although let's start with this theory pete i feel like this episode delivered us up a big old trap door from senator david schultz who all of a sudden says I didn't know mom and dad were bad and I'm on the side of good. So if you want me to, in like two scenes, I can out them in order to be American and be, you know, for justice and things like that. Yeah, it, it certainly does feel like that could be the case. Um, 
you know, that Frank had to be so violent with him. Uh, I love that Curtis is like, wait, you mean U.S. Senator David Schultz? Yeah, that's what he keeps telling me. <laughs> you know, this is a guy. Um, where's like a security detail for him? Like, I completely agree. Possibly have considered that, you know, the, the Schultz have some uh, means to stick somebody outside. I know he doesn't get along with his uh, folks in terms of lifestyle and different strokes and all that, you know, despite being groomed and using their money for, you know, his uh, his political um, advantage. But, yeah, it seems yes, he's dressed like a cop. We get it. OK, he's dressed like a cop that's essentially been run over, though, uh, you know, dirt all over the, the back of his uniform. Frank's not even making an attempt other than having a uniform on to blend in. Um, yeah, I, I sense what you're talking about coming. I, I hope they really, uh, you know, subvert what we're thinking about. On wearing a police uniform, Matt, and, you know, we have a number of listeners in law enforcement, I want to ask a question. Can I just pick up a phone and say a badge number and get somebody's address? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's an excellent question. It had crossed my mind. It does seem a little phony baloney i think on first viewing at the pace that the episode was going it was like all right well all right he's matching up the badge number and the last name but pete all that takes is to look at a police officer's badge like you know the nice cop in times square hello sir hello officer jones 21857 like really that's the that's the thing and pete it's not like it's hey i want to double check where that heroin den is or i want to double check it is the location, let's not forget, the home of this United States senator, which, by the way, Pete, the briefest of Wikipedia searches, I can tell you that the United, that the United States Capitol Police is not just the law enforcement agency for the U.S. Capitol building, but is also, to quote Wikipedia, charged with the protection of members of Congress throughout the entire United States. So whether it's them coordinating with NYPD or DHS or having a Capitol Police person in the building. I don't know what the particulars are, but surely there's got to be one of those, not just guys walk on up to the front door of one of the 100 senators of these United States and give them a whooping. Yeah, it, it, it strains credulity for that to happen. And then there's a couple other instances in this episode that things happen and you you question them, whereas the show is usually so good and so realistic in terms of its setting up of events. So how did Pilgrim find the trailer that uh, Amy and Curtis have been holed up in? Well, that would be Madani's GPS. And luckily, everything else was labeled like home and work. And then this was the weird uh, uh, address. Right. So he knows to go through there and and find the one that's not labeled and and get there. Okay. I get it. You had to get them there, but really seemed overly convenient. How the heck did Amy get in the trunk of the DHS vehicle? 
Well, Pete, she probably just opened the door. No, there, those doors probably lock lock automatically. I I don't know. To me, the, Pete, we've had we've had unquestionably lousy seasons of Marvel Netflix. This is not a lousy season. However, I think that what we are discussing here is where it's not threadbare, but the cloth is starting to get a little worn on, on, on the knees, on the elbows. And what we're seeing here is logical things like this, like a Senator's security, like how you get in the trunk of a parked DHS, you know, crown Vic or whatever car that was. How do these things happen? Uh, because story says so, which is not as solid an answer as something a bit more nuanced. And then where this show, I really got to give them credit how far they're willing to go that Frank has to be the one to spell it out to David Schultz that uh, Russians are making, uh, you know, campaign contributions. Uh, possibly, Matt, I don't know. Are they are, if there's an inauguration, might they be willing to purchase some influence? It definitely is an astonishing moment in this show that has not shied away from from merging occasionally with contemporary issues to have the punisher outright say there is russian involvement this is bad uh not a direct quote but certainly the sentiment is is there and it's just kind of this astonishing moment to say wow the show really is going for that that's what they're they're trying to paint an alternate version of what is really going on so you know what? You you made it a little difficult to follow some of the logic in terms of things happen, but as far as boldness, I have to commend Steve Lightfoot and his uh his writers here with with where they took it because a lot of other uh shows, a lot of other networks would have been like, eh, I don't want to offend our people here and they went for it. I think too speaking of boldness uh though we have uh by implication or or directly wagged our finger at the writing in prior episodes of madani and dumont kind of girls time out chat fest while they talk about the men that are actually doing things you have in this episode a very fitting showdown between those two women and honest to goodness pete it was only looking at this portion of my notes just now where it was like oh i guess this this is a girls fight girls scene but it doesn't feel tropey here it feels completely earned um and i think that's to their credit that this does not become and off on the side you know the weak women fight a little bit this is you know as dragged down a fight as maybe not as as we've seen in the punisher because there have been some pretty brutal fights but this is a, as legit a fight as any other that we've seen in this series or on marvel netflix or on marvel tv in general and this is not about two women. This is about two people. And it's a really, really earned moment, particularly. I didn't think Madani was about to get knifed to death, but to, to now have her face scarred, it was like, whoa, this is this is not where I was expecting it would go. The tension in that scene and whoever added the flourish of the tea kettle in terms of the sound design, um, really, really well done, well thought out of. And, and again, the symmetry that um, Dumont had survived the fall. And we just learned about that. And then for her to go out that way. 
Pete, making sure that the Fantastic Geek offices always have plenty of blue irises. It's the people who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. We might not be getting duffel bags full of money, but you can know that it's uh, better spent than fake passports and fresh starts around the globe. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. So if there is the uh, five blue things level you would like to uh, contribute at, you can do that. And Matt will send you five blue things from his home. <laughs> the vase, the pen. The... Oh, anyhow, Pete, that support always appreciated. Pete, how can people be in touch with you to talk Punisher season two? You know, uh, the wrap up. It'll be coming next week their look back at the season as a whole, their thoughts about the finale, which we have yet to watch, yet to podcast. How can they be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,342 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word, with a PH, like it today. Pete, we have a new Star Trek Discovery to watch tomorrow. We have the final episode of Marvel's Netflix's The Punisher, likely. Uh, to podcast on Friday. Uh, give a couple days, middle of next week, something like that, maybe, for the season wrap-up. Also, I have to point out that the next episode of God Friended Me is going to be coming out on uh, February 17th. We'll podcast it on the 18th. So, Pete, from the darkness of the worst parts of New York to bright, optimistic stories New York, we have all New York-based uh realistic semi-realistic new york fiction shows covered right absolutely well that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word i think it's time to call mommy and daddy 